Thanks for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you. Hey, let's give Pedro Latore a big Renew Life Church welcome. Come on, give it up for him. Amazing. Good morning. You guys doing okay? Awesome. Awesome. Uh, everywhere I travel, I get to introduce my family because they're the best part of my life. They're going to come up here on the screen. That'll be my wife, Jessie, on the right, half Puerto Rican, half Greek, my little Greek-Rican. Yes. <laughs> With nine years, we've been married, happily married for nine years. I'm happy. I don't know about her, but that's my son, Justice Arrow Latori, three years old, just turned three. It's actually him at his birthday, crushing, uh, crushing the cupcakes. Pray for me. He's got a lot of attitude. So, but he's amazing. And then I give him cupcakes, which inflames the attitude. Bad idea, parents. Don't give them sugar when they're being bad. Any parents in here? All right, cool. Well, all the, like, formality stuff, I don't, I, I don't do usually, but uh, let me think of all the things I'm supposed to say right now. Um, I want to say them. I just don't do them. We meet in the house church. He didn't say that. So we, we do like a house church thing. So I'm just used to people like kicking their shoes off and eating my food, in my fridge. And I got to deal with the offense in my heart before I even preach the gospel to them. I got to actually live it. It's crazy. Uh, so, um, pastor Brayden and Leanne have been some of the biggest supporters of my wife and I over these last few years that we've gotten to know them. And, um, and frankly, they believed in us even when we didn't believe in ourselves. And so I'm super thankful for your pastors and your leaders. Your entire staff here is amazing. They make people feel loved and generous, and they make this space what it is. Like a space is, like, you're comfortable because the seats are comfortable, but that's not what makes the environment comfortable. The people that are serving are making the environment comfortable. So everybody's serving. Thank you. We love you. Uh, yeah, you're supposed to clap right there. You make it awkward when you don't. Oh, man. We get these like three or four little drink breaks when we preach, and that was one of them, and you almost, almost didn't do it, and then I got chapped lips the whole time. My jokes don't come out as fast. Like, it's crazy. Okay, my name's Pedro, half Puerto Rican, half Cuban, 100% confused about all this right here. I look like a French poodle died on top of my head. <laughs> um, so, hey, so let me just give you a little framework for the morning. Uh, one, I want you to leave encouraged and built up. I don't tell jokes just to be funny and to be liked. I tell jokes because the Bible actually says that humor is good for your bones. Uh, it's kind of crazy. When I'm going through some of my hardest times, I watch comedians. It just makes me feel better. And um, then I try to do their jokes, and that makes everyone else feel really bad. Um, but here's the deal. I want you to leave encouraged. And then secondly to that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to unpack the scripture for a few minutes. I'm going to sort of superimpose that over my friend Scott Harrison's story. I have a close friend who's been doing some amazing work, and I've gotten to join in that work. I'm super honored to. And then I'm going to invite you into being a part of that. I'm going to give you an opportunity to be a part of that. Sound good? So it'll be relatively painless. And you know what you won't do today? You won't go to Chick-fil-A. Because <laughs> they really love Jesus, and they keep the Sabbath. That was another one of those drink breaks. Just clap. When you see me trying to drink, just. <laughs> I love Jesus. I love life. I love water. Okay. Just going to name all the things I love. I love cool hats. Like, what are you doing? Okay. Here's the scripture. Luke chapter 5. I love this passage. Luke chapter 5. If you've got a Bible, you can open it. If you want to do the Sky Bible thing, you can do that as well. Sky Bible. Here we go. Sky Bible. I love the Sky Bible. This is a big screen. Sorry, I'm a little ADD. It's going to come out sometimes. 
means I can add really good. Okay, on one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word, and this is Jesus they're talking about, to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night. We took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord, for he and all who are with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee. You can't be mad at that guy. His name is too peppy. Who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. No big deal. And when they had brought their, their boats to land, they left everything and they followed him. Will you pray with me, Jesus, over these next few moments? We want your spirit to lead. We want your presence. We want your power God, we just thank you for a community like this in Midland, Texas, serving you, loving you, chasing after you. God, I just pray that you would continue to invite us into your story, continue to invite us into a life of generosity, of serving, of loving people. God, we just take a moment to pause and realize that you are here and that we don't gather out of rhetoric or routine or religion. We gather because you are real because you are faithful and because you have always been and you always will be. So we're just pausing a little bit in our week to acknowledge your power, your presence in our lives. God, may we leave not just better, not just improved, but new. I thank you that we can leave new in Jesus' name. Amen. This story has always blown my mind. It's always blown my mind. Maybe you've heard it a million times in church, and I'm going to, I'm going to, point to a couple things. You got this young guy, Simon Peter. He's kind of our main character in the story other than Jesus. Simon Peter was arguably one of the older disciples, if not the oldest. Many uh, theologians say he might have already had kids by now, a family by now, a wife by now. And, uh, you know, he's defeated. He's burnt out. He's tired. He's at the end, literally at the end of his ropes, at the end of his net. He's, 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 he's done everything he can. His Bible says he's toiled all night. Matter of fact, Jesus comes to him and says, hey, basically, what are you doing? And, and Simon is living in a posture. Now, just catch this. He's living in a posture of defeat. He's, he's washing the nets. When you're a fisherman and there's all the other fishermen uh, on the water there in Gennesaret, all the other fishermen are standing there. And they're all pulling in their fish and pulling in their fish. And everyone else seems to be successful but me. Everyone else seems to made it but me. Everyone else seems to be good but me. And he has this moment where Jesus says, hey, um, why don't you just put your nets out there and do it like this? Master, we've toiled all night. Like, we didn't catch anything. You don't understand. I'm a fisherman, which is funny because Jesus invented the fish, like, with his mouth. He's telling Jesus, like, look, I've toiled all night. That's his way of saying, I've already been there, done that, dude. Like, I'm not. But then he has a moment where he's like, you know what? I did hear you doing some teaching. People are gathered, and all these people seem to think you're something. So you know what? At your word, maybe I'm just going to try it. I just want to go ahead to, to submit to you at the top of our morning is that, is that on the other side 
of you just saying yes to Jesus is everything you've been waiting for. Some of you have been trying to follow Jesus without Jesus, and it gets so complicated because the only other thing you're left to follow is yourself. And it gets so exhausting. I'm telling you from personal experience, it gets exhausting trying to follow me and then put Jesus' name on it. Yeah, well, God, God spoke to my heart, man, just told me to, like, do that, and I'm just going to do it because he told me to do it. And then it ends in a train where like, man, like, either you don't hear from God or you probably just don't hear from God. And you can be left in a posture of shame, washing your nets, frustrated, but instead the father likes to come to his children and say, well, instead of just staying there, why don't you just do this? At your word. Some of you need to have an at your word moment in your life. You just go, you know what, God, I'm just going to do that. Yeah, 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 I'm just going to, I'm going to follow you there. I'm going to go there. I'm going to do that. I'm going to say that. I'm just going to risk a little bit, and I'm just going to trust that you'll meet me on the other side. And then the next part of this story that I love is that Peter has to make a choice. Peter makes a choice while he's standing in the boat and all the fish are coming in. Somewhere in between that moment, the fish coming in the boat, the fish jumping, all the little Nemo's going crazy. Somewhere in this moment, you got to think that Peter went, wait a minute, that's, that's what I wanted, all those fish, but, but you just told them to do that. And if I thought the water was the source, but instead it's actually, are you the source? How did you tell the fish? How'd you do that? You got to think he had a moment where he just got blown away by, you know what? This is what I thought I wanted in life. Listen to me carefully. This is what I thought I really wanted. This is what I've been telling everybody. If I just get this, if I just have this one thing, and I love the heart of the Father. He goes, yeah, I'm going to meet you at the thing you thought you wanted the most, only to invite you into a life of greater purpose. And some of us get so distracted by the pursuit of profit and things and stuff and trinkets and 401ks and 4K televisions. And, oh, that's good. That actually makes sense. That was, I just went with it. It's good. Sometimes you say things when you preach and you're like, oh, that's, that was clever. And then you have pride and you got to deal with that. It's just a whole cycle. But God is inviting Peter into something so much bigger. But in this moment, Peter's so blown away by divinity, by power, by majesty, by the Father. He's like getting on his faith. Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. I'm not even worthy to be in your presence. Shame enters the picture. And if I'm God right here, if I'm God, y'all better be glad I'm not God. Because if I'm God, I'm like, man, I told you. I told you if you just listen to me, the fish, I got you. You can have fish fry, fish sticks, like goldfish, like whatever you want. Like, I got you. And look what the father does. He, he maybe picks him up. I don't know. He, Peter was on, he said he fell down on his knees. So maybe, maybe Jesus kind of does one of these, brings him up. He goes, hey, do not be afraid. Some of you need to hear these words this morning. Do not be afraid. Some of you came to church because you're actually afraid that your business won't continue to be successful. Track with me. If I, don't, if I don't come to church and kind of like pay my dues in front of Jesus. Jesus is not looking for you to pay dues. Jesus is looking to give you a whole new identity, a whole new perspective on life and money and people and business. He's trying to give you a whole new way of thinking. I thought all I wanted was this, this profit. This is my whole life. But now all of a sudden, when you put Jesus up against the thing I thought I wanted, now I realize what I really wanted was him. What I really want is that. 
And some of you are still living in the tension of, but yeah, but the prophet, but the prophet is amazing. Now, hear me carefully. Money is not bad. But when money becomes bigger than the master, it's bad. And it's not just bad for Jesus. It's bad for you. Because you were never made to serve money. You were made to serve Jesus. He wired you for intimacy. You say, well, Pedro, it doesn't sound so intimate. He knelt down at his feet. Master, depart from me for I don't. That's the words of Peter because Peter didn't look at himself as a son. When a father picks up this, a son who's in trouble in this moment, like he's at the end of himself, he's given everything he's got to his craft. He's been working in his gifts and his talents and his tool sets. And the father sees the son failing. And instead goes, I'm going to give you everything you want and everything you need. And you're going to realize how powerful I am. And in this moment, Peter falls. And I want you to know this morning, please don't hear condemnation. Hear this. Your father is ready to pick you up no matter the state you're in. Your father is ready to work with you even when you're done with yourself. Your father loves you and he will always love you. Some of you need to get a new picture on faith. Oh, man, this is... Oh, let's just go there for a second. Here's the picture of faith that I've been letting God wreck in my life. You see, I thought the picture of faith was my repentance before the Father. God, depart from me. I'm not even, I'm not even worthy to be on the stage at Renew Life Church. I'm not even worthy to get on the plane. I'm not even worthy to follow you. Some of you need to see a new picture of faith. It is not our repentance. It is not, it's, I'm going to tell you what it is. You ready for this? Godly sorrow, the Bible says, godly sorrow leads to repentance, and repentance, when it's fully done with you, basically just gets you in line with the kingdom. But watch what happens. The father does something crazy. He says, Pedro, this life that you're living is not built on your kneeling. It's not built on your faith in me. This life that you're living is predicated upon your faith is not you holding me, it's me holding you. You see, if Peter stays where he's at, he's done for. If he stays in shame, depart from me, get away from me. I, you, you, I'm, not, I'm bad. You're good. That's what he's feeling right now. I'm bad. You're good. I'm horrible, and you're holy. If he stays here, he's done. So what does the father do? Um, oh, man, if you're a, father, you're a parent here, raise your hand if you're a parent. Oh, then you're going to get this. Your kid in their shame, they come to you like, I'm so sorry. Like the moment we hear that, parents, if you're with me, just clap. The moment we hear that, what do we do? We pick them up. No, 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 you're good. I love you. You're amazing. You're my favorite. Don't tell the others. That's what God is trying to get us a hold of. Like faith is not us holding on to God. Oh, I'm so bad. I'm so broken. I'm so messed. No, that's not faith. That's, that's confession, that's repentance, which is good. That's good. Do that. Like, great. But understand that the Father wants you to move past that. He wants you to stand up on your feet and get in the mission and get in the game. It's not just a moment to, to feel down. It's a moment to get up and realize he's inviting you to a whole new life. How do I know that? Because it says in Scripture, it says, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. For all of you who are serving in the church, I felt so confidently a few minutes ago, I didn't share this in first service, but for all of you who are serving in the church, understand that what God is inviting you into when you serve the body is that he's going to make you like himself. Your job is not to build a church, it's to become a church. I will make you fishers of men. Peter had to be thinking, what in the world is he talking about? Jesus, do you have, fit, you have like nets big enough for that? Do you understand like there's some big dudes out there, Jesus? 
And Jesus is probably like, I got really big nets, bro. And he was like, well, then I'm with you. I don't even care about the little fishies. I'm with you. Maybe you came in this morning, you feel burnout at the end of your rope. I have a friend who's been there, done that. I'm going to share his story with you. Is that okay? Oh, I'm going to do it either way, so it's going to be great. I think it's going to encourage you. It's a modern-day Peter. My friend's name is Scott Harrison. He'll come up here on the screen. Scott had been working in nightclubs, nightclubs for 10 years, over 40 nightclubs. He became the premier nightclub promoter. He was a boy who was born into a Christian home who loved God and loved people, and that was their mission. That's what life was all about. But at 18, he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to New York City. I'm growing my hair long. I'm joining a rock band. The only thing successful in that equ- equation was his hair got long. The, the rock band fell apart. He becomes this nightclub promoter. He's, he's flashing his Rolex intentionally at the camera right now, at paparazzi. He's getting paid to drink the drink he's drinking, about $4,000 a month just to be seen drinking the drink. All the celebrities fly in to come to his parties and to his events. You can go to the next slide. So Scott comes to a place in his life where he has to make a choice. Am I going to keep serving myself or am I going to venture into the unknown? Am I going to keep serving myself or am I going to venture into the unknown? He was successful. He had profit. He had a full catch. He had a full net. The, the, the supermodel wife or girlfriend, the, you know, everything. He was addicted to drugs, addicted to women, addicted, all the addictions, toxic addictions flooding in on his life. He had everything, but he had nothing. And he says, you know what? I've been serving myself for 10 years. Like, maybe I need to get back to my faith and get back to God. I don't know where to start, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just give a tenth of that, tenth of those 10 years. I'm going to give it to God. I'm just going to say, you know what, God? You can, you can have it. I'm going to give you one year out of the 10 I've wasted to do whatever you want. He finds himself quickly in Africa. Serving on a mercy ship. If you know what a mercy ship is, it's doctors serving uh, the least of these, literally the least of these, giving them free surgeries and restoring them back to life. And they say, hey, we'll take you, but you're going to have to pay us $500 a month. You're going to live in this tiny little cubicle space, and you're going to take pictures. You're going to capture the stories and videos so we can send it back to our supporters. And so no doubt the best thing he could have been given in that moment was a camera to see life through a new lens and people through a new lens. So Scott has to make a choice. These are the stories he began to encounter. Every single day, this picture taken by Scott. Every single day, begin seeing people with illnesses like this, and they didn't know what, it was, what was causing it. You go to the next picture, they would do these surgeries. They would have life change. So every day, he's waking up to thousands of people in need, thousands of people just needing hope, women holding their babies, men having facial tumors, women having facial tumors, all of these things. Go ahead and click. He began to see or related to dirty water. Just dirty water in the world. 52% of the world, he learned, lives, actually 52% of the world, the illnesses in the world are traced back to dirty water. 52%, over half. Click to the next one for me. This is what happens every single day. It's interesting we were touching on women because I didn't do this in the first one either. Every single day, it's, it's by and large all across the world, a woman's responsibility to go fetch water to go find water. The water that they are going to get is from dirty swamp ponds. They will spend six, seven, sometimes eight hours in their day going to get this water, time that they can't get back with their children, time that they can't get back to help sow in finances into their, to their home. 
And one of those jerry cans, I looked up recently, what is one of these jerry cans filled with water, what do they weigh? 40 pounds. Can you imagine as a woman, I mean, men, forget that, men, can you imagine as a man walking for three, four hours uh, one way, three, four hours back with usually barely any shoes on with one of those strapped to your back? And imagine your wife, that's her job every day. Not to mention filtering it with her scarf to try and get leeches out of it and many other things. Click to the next slide. This is what they found in that water. Under the microscope, that water has all kinds of living organisms. Living organisms that click to the next one for me look like things like E. coli, salmonella, words you shouldn't say in church because you might cuss, cholera, hepatitis A. Some of you got that. And you're like, wait, what? Some of you just woke back up. You're like, he, he cuss? Hmm. But these are real diseases that in most cases, if a child under five years old, around my son's age, gets any of this in their system, can take them out in sometimes 48 hours or less. And it's happening every single day. Click to the next one. So Scott realizes, man, this problem is massive. This is a massive problem. When I say massive, I mean 663 million people wake up every single day without access to clean water. The thing that you and I did, like how many of you took a shower this morning? You didn't think about how clean or dirty the water was. You're good. How many of you drank water this morning? Some sort, coffee, that, that's water in case you didn't know. It's like not completely water, but it's water. Somebody said preach. I love that. <laughs> he got me right there. Coffee is from Jesus. So it's solvable. 663 million people don't have access to it, but this is a solvable thing. We know how to get clean water to people, right? Let's click to the next one. Scott decides, what am I going to do with my life? And like Simon Peter, Jesus says, why don't you just start with what you're good at? You're good at fishing? I'll make you fishers of men. You notice Jesus doesn't say, hey, you're good at, uh, you're good at fishing? Okay, well, let's, um, you're going to be a trapeze artist. Sound good? I mean, Jesus, can we do something a little closer to, like, my gift set? You know, like, so good. I'm a worship leader, Jesus. Like, stop. I don't want to be in Cirque du Soleil. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm like, that was that good of a joke? I drank the water. For those of you listening on the podcast, I listen on the podcast, by the way. I just drank water, and I told them. Anyway, it's, it's an inside thing. <laughs> that was a good moment. Y'all are all in it together? Are you texting during my... No, I'm just kidding. How did you get into this? A conspiracy. So he decides to start with where he's at. I would like to propose to you that if God's going to change the whole world, he'll often start with something he's already put inside yours. He's going to start with your gifts. He's going to start with your talents. There's a problem that you see. Raise your hand if there's any type of problem that you see in your world, like in your everyday life. You see some sort of problem. He's going to start with something he's already gifted you in. That's the father. He works alongside his children in things that they're good at. He's not going to ask me to jump and dunk a basketball. He's going to ask Pastor Keith to do that. Why? Look at me. I'm not jumping. I'm bottom heavy, people. So Scott decides, you know what? I'm going to start with what I'm good at. I'm going to throw a party. He throws a party, invites like 700 friends. He says, hey, the only catch is put $20 in this little container, and we're going to take it, and we're going to put your money to work, and we're going to help people. He's been seeing all these people in need, so he's like, I'm just going to go back to New York, throw a party, do what I'm good at, open my hands up to God, let God use me. And he takes this money, and guess what? They're able to start some of their first water projects. 
Some of the first water projects helped close to 30,000 people in Africa get clean water, this particular community. So he's like, wait a minute, there's something to this. They send the emails back, right, of what happens when people get clean water. Click to the next one. I'm going to show you what happens when people get clean water. If it plays. If it doesn't, I'll use words. Because God gifted me with words, and he always wants to work with what you got. Okay, you see what I did there? I'm going to need you to clap. Oh, man, family is a great place to do life because you guys just feel my awkwardness. So he decides we're just going to, we're going to do the work. So they, they take a drill. They do, the, they do it. You, you guys know, oil people. They literally go down 70-something meters, strike, boom, water. That community has been radically transformed, education, everything. So he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This might be my thing. This might be the thing I'm going to give my life to. This is a man who just a short time, two years prior, is literally living for himself in every space of his life, chasing after his own, but then decides, this is a waste. I'm going to waste my life. I'm going to open my hands up and go, God, I don't have much to give, but I'll go take some pictures. Pictures lead to wells, and wells lead to impact. Let me talk to you about what happens when you live open-handed. Click to the next one. This happens. The impact of that party led to Scott realizing I think a whole entire world could get clean water. Hear me, one man just saying, here you go, God. I trust you. I trust you're bigger than better than me. Hey, your life is going to feel really, if I can use the word funky, for those of you born in the 70s, it's going to feel really wonky. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's just funky. And then, okay. It's going to feel weird. It's going to feel lopsided until you realize that God's plan for your life is so much better than the one you got brewing. Oh, it's so much bigger. It's so much more colorful. It's going to stretch you so much more than you would have liked, but it's going to be so good. It's like a good stretch. You know what I mean? You ever done a good, anyway, yoga, anyone? No? Okay. Yoga for Jesus. Like that can be a thing. I live in LA. Go to the next one. There's three things that Scott realized had to be accomplished if he was going to invite people into giving generously. So now we know how to get water to people. We have 13 different water solutions that we can apply all over the world. We know how to do that. We got that part figured out. We know how to use people's funds. Like we've done that. So this is great. But there's three things that people struggle with when it becomes a charity thing, when it becomes giving. And maybe some of you have one or, or if not all three of these things brewing in your mind right now. One, he goes, I have to make sure that this all the money given goes directly to water projects, 100% of the money. Now, if you run a business, you go, that's impossible. You can't take, there's overhead. You have printers, you have ink, you have events you're trying to do, you have fundraisers, you have all these things. There's no way that that's possible. He said, no, 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 it is possible. We're going to open up two bank accounts. We're going to fundraise. We're going to fundraise overhead. And we're going to make it so that all of the money that people give goes directly to clean water. That includes, when I say all the money, that includes Amex fees on your credit card. When you give that one, 2%, whatever it is, this overhead account, these overhead people are gonna pay for that little bit of money so we can really say 100% of it's going to charity. Okay, that's a good start, Scott, that's a good start. But then the second thing is we gotta prove it. We gotta prove this work. How do we do that? Well, 13 years ago when Charity of Water started, the easiest thing was to partner with Google because at the time Google created GPS coordinates 
and sensors. And so they said, what if we put a, a sensor on every water project that we did all across the world? So you could log into Google, public domain, you could just open it up and see everywhere where there's water projects happening. You could now see, because they created sensors beyond that, to see how much water's flowing. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. Okay, that's, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Look, you can see literally. So if we clicked in even more, which we won't do right now because you'll get dizzy looking at dots. But if we clicked it even more, you'd see even more and even more. And you'd see every well and every location perfectly right where it is. Click to the next one. The last thing was it had to be locally led. In order for this to be sustainable work and we actually see the water crisis end in our lifetime, it has to be led by locals. It can't be somebody of my skin color or my ethnicity coming into a community and thinking I'm going to save the day. It has to be locals getting the credit, locals being the heroes of their own story. So all of those things begin to take place. And you know what happens when all those things take place? And you know what happens when you live open-handed? And when you know what happens when you stop thinking about profit and you follow into the purpose of God for your life? I'm going to show you what happens. An organization gets birthed that has been revolutionizing giving all over the world, led by a Jesus follower, who's not only leading his home in the way of Christ, but he's leading his company in the way of Christ. Now, for if you're a business owner, I wanna encourage you for a second, which I've never said this, but I'm gonna say it. Scott Harrison started a non-religious organization. Just an organization, normal organization, 501 Charity Water. But he's allowed his faith to be infused in all of his work. And you know what happens when your faith is infused in all of your work? God begins to move. It's not enough that we slap Jesus on our businesses and our companies and our cars. We actually have to walk with Jesus so the world sees him. I had a, many hard years. It took me to drop that one little line on your life. About six to be exact. Thought I could just drum and create and do things. And then I realized Jesus was like, no, no, I don't want you to be my ambassador. I want you to be my son. There's a big difference. You can be an advocate for a company. You can be an advocate for Jesus if you want. That's great. But Jesus is like, but I actually want to walk with you when you close the door and you're not on the stages anymore. And I actually want to walk with you when you're on the airplane and none of those people are laughing at your jokes anymore and you feel like you're not the best communicator in the world. That's real for me. I actually want to walk with you when you miscarry. Last year we did. Good Friday, lost a child. I wanna walk with you in your deepest and your darkest moments. But Pedro, all I'm asking is that you open your hand and let me slide mine in and let me lead you through the things of this life that will get hard and scary and difficult because when you let the Father lead, you get to have kingdom impact because you're following a king. Let me talk to you about kingdom impact. Click to the next one. After 13 years of doing work and serving the world through generous people all over the world, churches, agnostics, atheists, this is the impact. 10 million men, women, and children have now gotten access to clean water. It's amazing. It's amazing. You can click to the next one for me. This is Scott. He probably sounds like a mythical, mythological character, but that's Scott Harrison on the right, his two babies, his wife. The reality is there's 663 million men, women, and children just like our families, just like Scott's family who still have not tasted clean water. But here's the deal. We now have the methods, we now have the proof, and we now know that it's sustainable. So you know what we need now? 
a generous body of believers all over the world to rise up. Scott Harrison said something to me in Dallas not long ago. He said, I want to end the water crisis, and I want the, I want the church around the world to get the credit for it. Can you imagine with all the bad press we get as people that follow Jesus, for the world to wake up in the near future to the headlines read, the global church gave a billion dollars, five billion dollars, whatever the number is, and they ended the water crisis and they keep saying, but it's in Jesus' name. It's in Jesus' name that we did this. Why? Because Jesus loves people. And as sons and daughters, we need to make sure people know that. We need to make sure they get to stay alive another day to know that. So I'm going to invite you this morning into joining the spring. The spring is just a generous community of people. My wife and I are part of the spring that are showing up month in and month out. You know, you have subscriptions, many of you. Raise your hand if you got a subscription. Netflix, Hulu, Vimeo, uh, YouTube, some of you. We, many of us have subscriptions in this room. And so this morning, what we, what we, well, what we created was a community of people who said, you know what, I'm going to get rid of my Netflix. Some of you might have to. Some of you, it's no big deal. You can just have another subscription. But the idea is, is that $30 a month makes it so that 12 people get clean water this year. You give for one year at 30 bucks, 12 people, 12 human beings. I mean, look in your row for a second. Don't just hear numbers. Look in your row for a second. 12 men, women, and children get clean water for the first time. $60, 24. If I keep going, I won't be able to because I don't do the math that good. You can clap there. But I want to invite you into joining the spring. I want to invite you to live a generous life. For some of you, you know, you're a college student. You're like, dude, I, yeah, that's a cool message, man. I liked all that Peter stuff. I can't do this part, though. Uh, I, j I just can't. I barely, like, I'm barely getting by. I'm eating ramen noodle. Here's the thing. Open your hands to God. Maybe for you it's five bucks, 10 bucks, cool. But open your hands to God. Maybe you're a single parent here. You're like, look, my kids are eating me out of house and home. Like somebody needs to come help me out. Listen, I get it. But the best thing my mom gave me is that when we were without, as a single parent home, when we were without, she always had something to give to somebody else. She taught me what generosity looks like. You know, it was a gift. It was a gift she gave me. Every person that can hear my voice can be a part of this today. You know, tonight, to this morning, the, the altar call is not just for you. Like, yeah, it is for you. Like, man, peace and power and perspective. But man, this is an opportunity for us to move and walk like Jesus. I always say it everywhere I go. Every time I preach, it doesn't matter what the message is, because this always is a part of it. The more we walk with Jesus, we should want to walk like Jesus. I'm inviting you to walk like Jesus. Wouldn't this be awesome if this was one of those moments where you could just respond right now? Like you could just be like, yeah, I'm gonna get, I'm, I wanna join the spring, I wanna respond right now. Well, crazy, I'm so glad you asked because you can. Pull out your phone. I'm gonna invite, I told you, I'm gonna invite you into doing this. I'm not, a, I'm not gonna drink a drink of water right here because it'll distract you and you'll start clapping, even though I want to. It's dry out here in Midland, y'all. It's like the desert or something, it's crazy. Go to thespring.com. And I want you as, you, as that screen comes up, there's a Wi-Fi network that's open. If you need to jump on it, you can. I wanna give you an opportunity not to just hear a story. I want you to respond by getting involved in the story. Everyone can do this. Everyone can do this. If you do this today, Scott was, was awesome enough to say, hey, I'm gonna give every person a book that joins the story at 30 bucks a month or more. I'm gonna give them a book. This book went on to be a New York Times bestselling book pretty fast. You look at the date, October 21st, 2018. The only books above it are kind of funny if you look at them. They're hilarious. 
Bill Gates and a whole bunch of other people tweeted the book out and said, y'all got to read this. It's an amazing book. The stories in this book will change your life more than this morning, I promise you. So for every person who joins the spring, Scott wanted to make sure you had the gift um, of the book. You can click to the next one for me. Um, I'm just going to skip that. Click to the next one. What is your point of no return? That's the question you should be asking. What is my point of no return? A point of no return is when you have just enough fuel in the tank to either move forward and venture into the unknown or to go to what's comfortable. My wife and I ask ourselves this question all the time. What's our point of no return today? Are we going to venture into the unknown and live a life of faith and following Jesus? Or are we going to stay on our knees in a posture of repentance and sorrow? Or are we going to join Jesus in the movement of changing people's lives forever? I want to be a part of changing the world forever. I want to be a part of keeping people alive, men, women, and children alive. So I've given myself to doing 30 churches this year all across the country, doing exactly what you're seeing me do right now. And I'm coming to you as a boy who was rescued by the body, who was rescued by the church, and I'm asking you to do what you've always done best. Live outside of yourself so that somebody else has a chance to simply live and just get life. Spring.com, you can walk through the steps. We can click them if you want. It's pretty simple. Most of you probably figured it out by now. It does all that like cool stuff. If your name is Rosa Patrick, I'm sorry, we did not steal your information. It's just an example, Rosa. Is there any roses in here? Okay, awkward. And then it goes to the next one. You can put your info in there. We made it really easy because we want, we want joining the story to be easy. We're gonna send you every other week videos and stories from where your money is going and where your dollars are having impact. And you're gonna get to join the story. And I pray that you do. I'm gonna pray for us as we close it down. Something on the plane that I added to my slides, uh, I think it'll come up. We live in a world that says hurry up and matter. Hurry up and matter, hurry up and become somebody special. Hurry up and be somebody's, become, build. And Jesus says, slow down and realize you already do. You already do. And when you matter and you know you matter in the eyes of God, all you wanna do is make sure other people know that they matter and know that they're loved and know that somebody stopped in Midland, Texas to say, you know what? I'm gonna make sure 12 people wake up this year to a whole new life. That's a great way to end a service. Jesus, we thank you for these moments. Thank you for who you are. God, I pray that we wouldn't be people just to hear stories, we'd enter in. I thank you, God, that you entered into our story, that you loved us enough to leave eternity behind, to come into time and space, that you showed up in our despair, much like Simon Peter's showed up in our despair while we were washing our nets, desperate, hoping, and maybe even hopeless. And you showed us where to, where to get provision, and it wasn't by casting on the right side of the boat. It was by letting go of our nets and following you. God, I thank you that the invitation this morning is simple. Let's make sure every man, woman, and child gets to wake up, have clean water, and have the opportunity in their day to know that they're loved, to maybe meet an evangelist or a preacher in their neighborhood, in their community, somewhere in Central America, South America. But they're, they're gonna stay alive because of our work, and we believe you'll do the rest. Thank you, Father. We love you so much. It's in your name we pray. Amen. We'll see you at the table. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at renewlifechurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. 
Also, our app is available for download so that you can stay up to date. Again, we are so glad you joined us. If you're in the Midland Odessa area, we invite you to come be our guest at one of our services. Have a great day, and we hope to see you soon.